We can fire it up, guys. Uh, are we doing some ready or not action after this, by the way? Kind of up to you, isn't it? Bro, they have two new guns. We two need... new guns. Can't be wrong. With that, welcome to Practical Shooting After Dark. We're here to talk about shooting. Oh, boy. On deck tonight, Mr. Park. Hello. Mr. Kim, the, the Korean brothers are back, aren't they? The Korean-American yes, brothers. Korean yes. Brothers. Well, guys, um, well, you know the deal. Everybody comes on with a topic. Something they want to talk about. Who'd like to go first? I can start. <laughs> Look at that, Mr. Kim. Yes. Tell me something good, sir. Mm -hmm. So uh, I recently posted a new drill. It's called In and Out. Well, hold on. You posted uh, more than one new drill recently on Training Group. It's true, yeah. <laughs> so you have uh, recoil confirmation. Mm -hmm. And step back was another one. Step back, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, some some of the drills I don't post it on social media, but this one in and out was also posted on my Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and is this course, a one or two person drill? What was that? I didn't hear it. Just ignore him. Don't respond okay. to him. Just, oh, oh, what's that joke about <laughs> in and out drill? <laughs> Just ignore him. Come on, Joel. I was going to say it's it. like the burger place. Kim, well, Kim ran the. So Kim ran the drill name by me. He's like, do you think we're going to have problems with like patent infringement? I'm like, no, I don't think that's going to be a problem, but Ben might have some jokes about it. <laughs> anyway, very sorry. Uh, please continue, sir. Yeah, so I, I wanted to introduce this drill. I mean, some of the drills I made, uh, of course, I, I like all of them. But this drill, I think it's going to be helpful for any shooters especially ammo shortage right now is pretty bad and i think this drill is actually uh, the least amount of uh round count uh the drills in terms of drills i made i think mm -hmm. uh well actually trigger break axis that drill actually is a little uh, smaller round count but this is another drill that has pretty low round count aside trigger break axis which is very good drill mm -hmm. uh this drill in and out is very simple setup, seven rounds total, but this drill has a lot of components to it. And this drill is something that I try to shoot recently as much as possible. First of all, yeah, the round count and ammo shortage is pretty bad, but this drill tests pretty a lot. So this drill is not something that I would recommend people who just started shooting. Uh, this drill definitely is some something for people who know how to manage the recoil and know how to move and also know how to hit it right with proper confirmation because first of all the setup of the drill is from the shooting position you have one big popper or something similar to it at 15 yards so big popper or eight inch circle plate will be fine uh, so 15 yard shot i mean that's not the most difficult shot in the sport for sure but that's a shot where people wants to kind of speed things up but in order to hit that, so for example, confirmation two or something like that, a 15-yard big popper, you have to maintain precision and things like that. And also there's a little bit of wide transition going on. So basically there's one big popper, 15-yard downrange, and one target on the 180, close to 180. Of course, don't set it up past 180 and uh, potentially dangerous situation, but some close to 180 degree. Then now you're transitioning 90 degrees so you shoot the steel 90 transition 
you then shoot one open paper as you are backing out or going into position. So this is where the term in and out coming from. So you shoot the steel target out of the position while shooting open target, go to the other side of the wall, and then shoot the steel again. And then now, if you were backing out, you, now you have to enter shooting on the move and then shoot another steel. So there's in and out going on. You're engaging those targets. But then uh, there's wall in the middle. The wall section, uh, I used no shoot two, no shoots to kind of not have an entire wall there. So no shoot to no shoot wall. I have three yards distance of movement. So once you shoot that no, uh, open target, first of all, if you are not moving fast enough, now it's going to take a long time to get to the other side of the wall and then shoot the steel target. So you have to move very, very aggressively. But if you engage too late on that open target, you may end up going to the other side of the wall and the steel target is waiting for you to shoot. So you need to quickly finish that engagement for the open target and then transition to the steel so that by the time the steel target comes out of the wall, you have to be ready to shoot, basically track the target. So just by describing this drill, there's a lot of components, mm -hmm. but it tests so much with only seven rounds this is a very good challenge to kind of test more complex drill where you have to think about shooting on the move, you have to think about proper amount of confirmation, now you have to think about tracking the target when it comes out, things like that. So I, I really like this drill and I got a lot of feedbacks, very good feedbacks. And of course you can modify this drill a little bit and then uh, if you set up open target on both 180 side, you can only work on going in, 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 in all the time. So still move into target, still move into target if you have two open targets on both sides. So if your weakness, a lot of the people actually I see, some shooters are very good at shooting on the move forward. But some shooters are not strong at shooting on the move backward. If that's the case, you can set up two targets on both 180 and you can shoot still target backward movement on the open steel target backward movement on the open on the other side kind of thing. So you can focus on one direction if you wanted to as well. But this is, in a way, it's a good drill to develop shooting on the move as well. But it's the main component of this drill is to be able to execute shooting on the move fast so that you are able to hit the steel uh, ready when it comes out of the wall. I like it. Uh, of course, I have a lot of follow-up questions, but I'm thinking this should be a drill of the month yeah. uh, for PSTG, so I'll just wait and interrogate you at that point. Mm -hmm. so Mr. Kim, just to talk mm -hmm. about the track component, which I think would be uh, super difficult on that drill. I haven't shot it yet yeah. myself. I'm excited to try it. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. We've been doing track the, uh, track the A zone in my skills and drills classes, and awesome. it's been very useful. The track the A zone drill is a little bit simpler than... Uh, in and out drill actually because very much so yes yeah uh, in and out drill as as i described the transition between the steel and the open target is 90 degrees but track the azon drill the transition itself is not that huge so now it's challenging you have to do wider transition as you are moving out of position or moving into the next position so when it comes to just stationary wide transition versus moving wide transition there is a lot more to it 
and I see a lot of people already sent me, uh, they actually a couple of people ran this drill. And then some of the shooters I saw, they were tensing up the shoulders a lot. Uh, I know that shooter, uh, and when they do that wide transition stationary, they, their shoulders are pretty relaxed. But when it comes to moving and wide transition, I see some shooters tensing up the shoulders because they're trying to kick out of the position uh, using the leg muscle, but end up using the shoulder muscle all together. So it's very good drill to kind of separate the shoulder tension to legs as well. You know, that's interesting you point that out because for track the A zone, mm-hmm. um, we're doing it where we shoot uh, the first shot and the last shot of the drill as well, but mm-hmm. none of the none of the shots in the middle. And as you walk, so track the A zone involves walking and shooting mm-hmm. and essentially tracking A zones as you work with vision barriers. Yeah. Right. And what what it really highlights for people is shoulder tension. That's the main point of the drill is mm-hmm. to have a tracking component with no shoulder tension. Yeah. Very important. Key there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very interesting, Kim. I like it. Awesome. Thank you. All right, Joel, what do you got, sir? Um, well, I suppose a little bit of housekeeping or whatever. Uh, ben and I are doing classes. I think I meant, maybe mentioned this before doing classes uh, together this year. So if you're interested in doing one of those, let me know. I was planning on... Well, we had one that sold out, right? I was going to say, I was actually planning on promoting one of the classes that we're doing together, but it's already sold out. So I guess uh, with, I think, a waiting list. So anyway, if anyone else wants to do a Ben and Joel class, uh, just message one of us and we can get that set up. And while I'm promoting my own stuff, I guess kind of, I want to talk about the summit, guys. We opened registration for that. Um, well, I guess the first place to start is where, what is the summit? And the summit isn't really a Ben class. It's not a professor Kim class. It's not a Joel class. It's a class taught by a bunch of people. And, and you know what? It's not even a, it, I wouldn't even call it just a class or even like a for-profit event. Mm -hmm. It's not either of those things. Like a sharing of information. Yeah. It's kind of a get together. Yep. It's kind of a get together, but there's but there's two there's two types of people coming to this get together. There's instructors, and then there's uh, training group people. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, this is true. Um, I should make some of the clickety clack to look at the instructors. I don't want to leave anybody out. Um, do do do. Okay, so anyway, uh, instructors for this year so far confirmed. Ben, Professor Me, Andreas Yankopoulos, our homeboy John Anderson, Jared Fox, also known as Sasquatch, and Rob Epifania. And I think there might be possibility of more people. So anyway, it'll be it's always good to get the guys together, but it's also, like I said, it's just fun to share information. Everybody, you know, kind of has something to bring to the table or something they want to train on, or you get to train, you know, different training group members get to train with people they haven't trained with before or meet people in person they haven't met before. Um, so anyway, that is, I suppose, in a nutshell, the summit. It's three days. It's not, it's definitely not for profit. It's, uh, it's here, it's 250 bucks, which is not even paying the instructors what they're worth, but just basically after supplies are paid for, trying to give each of the instructors a couple hundred bucks just as a thank you to like half comp, whatever they pay for travel or airfare. Um, what else am I missing, guys? I guess the other part to bring up is you have to be a training group member to attend. So it is just a 
Mm-hmm. It's just a, just a training group of that. It's kind of a thing we try to do. Like it's a thank you for the members, really. Well, yeah, yeah and something thing. fun for the instructors. Yeah, so kind well, of operates on both levels. Last year, some of the guys, I don't, I don't know. There was some instructors last year that was their first time instructing, and I, I don't think they entirely knew what they were getting into, other than my word, like trust me, it's going to be fun. You'll have a good time. And then by the end, like, holy crap, that was excellent. When are we doing that again? Because, yeah, of course, they're training people and they get to share, you know, their knowledge with, you know, like the students, I suppose. But then they're all training with each other also. And uh, so anyway, it was, it's just a win. Everybody seems to have a really good time. And it's fun. So anyway, if you want to sign up for that, uh, there's more information and a link to sign up within training group. So training group members should definitely check that out. Well, all right, time to move on. Yes, I'm done lining my pockets with basically not-for-profit <laughs> lining events. Lining your pockets. <laughs> with not-for-profit events, exactly. Uh, ben, I think you have a topic, sir. I do. So uh, I went to Texas last week for some for some classes. And this is, uh, I think it's my 10th year consecutively going to uh, the Austin area for classes uh, at the end of February. Uh, which is good, but oftentimes <laughs> it can be a little bit cold there. And I've, uh, you know, I've gotten some experience uh, kind of teaching out when it's uh, really cold. And you know what? I found the uh, kind of the secret to uh, cold weather performance, guys. You ready for it? Oh, yeah. Tell me yes, more. Yes, <laughs> it, it's, it's the long underwear. It really is. Like keeping your core temperature as warm as possible. Like that's really the thing. And I think people think the key is keeping your hands warm. Like uh, – with hand warmers and uh mm-hmm. i don't really think that's the move um well i mean those are nice don't get me wrong but uh uh long underwear keeps your it really keeps your core temperature up at least that's what i found <laughs> i mean i think i was wearing four layers most of the most of the week there <laughs> it was interesting yeah i don't know it was uh it was quite the experience it's it's i think the the coldest week i've had that I can remember. Oh, baby. Yeah. I mean, as far as being outside teaching. The sure. Whole time. No, I understand. Um, I don't know. Anything any, else? any secrets or about like as far as maintaining grip? Obviously, when your hands get cold, people, it's like tougher to grip your gun. Any suggestions, yeah. takeaways, thoughts? Well, you still need to use... Uh, uh, pro grip or whatever your your grip enhancer is. I don't think you really get out of that. Um, as it gets colder, it it just gets harder. Honestly, there's no way around it. And it, it it gets tough enough where it's like you can't tell the difference between trigger freeze induced by being over tense or trigger freeze induced by uh, having your hand be so cold it doesn't function properly. It gets hard to tell. Actual actual frozen trigger. Yes, literal <laughs> trigger freeze. Gotcha. Yeah, unfortunately, no, there's really not a way around it. It just starts to suck. Um, one day, uh, one day it didn't get above freezing for, for a day. And that was, uh, that was when, uh, yeah, you, there was a lot of trigger freeze. I'll put it that way. I can see that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, one thing I've been doing since 2017, I think, is in the wintertime when it snows, at least like two days in the snow, I force myself to go out and shoot 
in the snow and cold uh, without pro-grip actually to oh, induce induce low friction on my hands because when it's cold my hands are very very slippery and uh, back in 2017 is where i started working very heavy on recoil management and before i had my hands slipping around every shot like grip twisting around kind of thing happened and then 2017 in the snow i, I started shooting and that's when i started really figuring out how to like not use much friction for my grip technique so that in my winter time uh, when i shoot i don't want to have my support hand especially support hand like slipping around or uh, around the grip and uh in recoil management series video on pstg uh, the grip part of it i kind of talk about how you can use your support hand index finger tip to hook it on top of your firing hand uh, joint, the middle finger with the index finger kind of thing. So I kind of hook it and then press it against the bottom rather than having it on the side of it. Because like by physics, uh, if the force is being applied perpendicular to the ground, now a little bit nerdy here. So basically when the force is happening 90 degrees to the flat surface, no friction is required that's how we can just stand still on the ice but if we are applying any sideways force we start slipping around so that's when i realized okay i need to like hook it on the top surface of my firing hand with the index fingertip kind of thing so i still shoot in the winter like uh, this this year actually was more than before shooting in the snow without pro grip but i can still shoot it without grip like shifting around so it's a good place to work on frictionless grip. So do to you say. also change your direction of your grip at all, Professor? Like more front to back or anything like that? Do you are you changing it during that time? Uh, in the winter time, so one thing I had to change also. So other than the finger hooking thing, the support hand, I placement is pretty important. If the support hand, if this really depends on the grip shape. If you are using like one of those palms well, you're out of luck because palms well is so contoured, there's no way you can apply the force in one direction because it's contoured. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the grips I use is basically factory spec, no palms well. So in that flatter surface, mm -hmm. uh, it's less apparent, but there's a way that you have to make sure the palms are contacting on the right surface of the gun. If there's any contour, automatically the force you're applying with the support hand is no longer per perpendicular because it's so contoured. I hope that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So first of all, I don't use palms well for that reason. In the winter especially, it's going to be even worse. Uh, so finger hooking and also support hand uh, being more on the flatter surface uh, and also when I grip my support hand, uh, I don't want to grab it diagonally with my fingertip and the palms. I want it as straight side to side vice as much as possible, if that makes sense. So instead of having finger diagonal pulling in with the fingertip, I want it more of palms kind of forward a little bit so that the level of palm and the level of fingertips are matching. In that case, it's perfect sideways rather than side sideways. That sideways or diagonal, I should say, diagonal grip pressure with the support hand is really detrimental. It's going to slip around like crazy in the frictionless environment. Hmm. So finger hook thing is basically applying force underneath the trigger guard, right? Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and also on the other side where the fingertip is meeting. So that's really determining the vertical force happening. Uh, so when the force is happening in recoil, the muzzle goes up and down, and also the gun tries to kick straight back as well. So there's torque happening, and the vertical force of the torque is covered by that finger hooking thing underneath the trigger guard, and also the sideways or kicking straight back is more or less happening uh, with the perfect sideways vice and also front to back pressure, for sure. This is why we call you the professor. Yeah, I find it interesting you uh, change up your grip pressure based on the, uh, the weather conditions. Yeah, yep, there you are. It's too complicated for me. Crush gun, run fast, Ben. That's all you need to know. That's that's exactly what you need to know. <laughs> well, anyway, um, very interesting discussion, guys. Uh, listeners, if you have a question you'd like the answer to, go to bensteger.com, send me your question. Aside from that, we don't have anything else. Fantastic, guys. A real yeah. banger of a, of a podcast. You know? On to video games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>